This is the Week in Addiction Medicine, a podcast resource of timely news and top stories brought to you by the American Society of Addiction Medicine, ASAM. Today is Tuesday, September 6th, and I'm Claire Rasmussen. Our lead story this week, Receipt of Telehealth Services, Receipt and Retention of Medications for Opioid Use Disorder, and Medically Treated Overdose Among Medicare Beneficiaries Before and During the COVID-19 Pandemic, is in JAMA Psychiatry. This study found that telehealth services for opioid use disorder increased significantly during the pandemic for 20% of telehealth beneficiaries. The study also found that receipt of telehealth services was associated with increased retention of medications for opioid use disorder. The authors conclude that the results support making permanent the expanded telehealth services offered as COVID-19 pandemic emergency relief. Next is a study in the American Journal of Hematology titled Converting Adults with Sickle Cell Disease from Full Agonist Opioids to Buprenorphine. In this paper, the authors describe a standardized protocol to transition patients with sickle cell disease from chronic opioid therapy to buprenorphine, studying 36 patients who were transitioned from an average of 79.48 oral morphine equivalents to an average of 16.67 milligrams of buprenorphine. The authors found that six-month acute care visits decreased from a mean of 10.5 to 3.35 post-induction. This period may serve as a guide to transition patients on chronic opioid therapy to buprenorphine. Our next article in American Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology is titled Urine Drug Screening on Labor and Delivery. This retrospective chart review examined all people in 2017 who delivered in a Hawaiian labor and delivery unit. The study found that Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders were more likely to undergo urine testing, while white testers were more likely to have a positive result. The authors advocate for standardized, unbiased, and race-neutral guidelines for urine drug screening in order to combat the rising rates of substance use disorder in pregnant populations. Next, we have an article in Schizophrenia Research titled, Cannabis Use and Attenuated Positive and Negative Symptoms in Youth at Clinical Risk for Psychosis. In this study, the authors assess association between cannabis use and symptom development among youth at clinical high risk for developing psychosis, studying persons between 12 and 30 years old for two years. The authors did not find statistically significant differences in symptom outcome based on cannabis use, frequency of use, or severity of use. However, they did find that clinical high-risk individuals reported significantly higher rates of cannabis use compared to healthy controls. A new article in the Journal of Studies on Alcohol and Drugs is titled Positive Psychology for Substance Use Disorders, a Rationale and Call to Action. This commentary reflects on theoretical rationale for including positive psychology in treatment of substance use disorders arguing that enhancing the positive aspects of a person's life may reduce their desire to use substances through the principles of behavioral economics. Integrating positive psychology may be helpful due to its ability to produce an immediate, non-substance-related reward. Next is an article in the New England Journal of Medicine titled, Updated Health Warnings for Alcohol, Information Customers, and Reducing Harm. 
the authors argue that the current alcohol warnings in the U.S. lack the key elements of evidence-based warning design. Consequently, the authors advocate for new, well-designed warning labels on alcohol containers as a strategy to reduce the burden of alcohol-related harm. Our next article, titled The Physician-Patient Relationship, is in the New England Journal of Medicine. This perspective review covers the modern legal landmarks of the relationship between patient and physician, which includes consent, disclosure, shared decision-making, and physician refusal of care. Emergency challenges for physicians today include governmental limits on physicians' counseling of patients, conscious clause invocation by healthcare workers, and appropriate physician responses to abusive comments directed towards healthcare workers by patients or visitors. Our final article is in the Journal of Addiction Medicine and is titled One Fictional Opioid Overdose in 18th Century England and One Attempted Overdose in 19th Century America. This article describes a painting by William Hogarth in the 1740s, which depicts an overdose with laudanum as well as Mary Todd Lincoln's attempt to overdose with laudanum in 1875. The article recounts Mary Todd's attempts to procure laudanum following a court declaration of her insanity. Mary Todd's efforts were stopped by her only surviving child, Robert Lincoln, and she went on to live an additional seven years. The author concludes that easy access to opioids endangers the lives of those who are desperate, regardless of the circumstances. This concludes today's episode of This Week in Addiction Medicine. Remember to subscribe to the ACM Weekly for more exclusive content and our editor's commentary, delivered every Tuesday. Be sure to check us out on social media and ACM.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.